0: Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBets, bet $50 to win $200. Just bet $50 and win $200 in free bets.
1: Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Cowboy. Chris and Ryan and have a good bit of fun today. We start off with some movie reviews, dive into Boston-Miami Game 7, and then preview the NBA Finals, and then Chris and Ryan roll off a mailbag. They'll talk specific code-breaking incidents in sports and in life, talk about group texts, each of their baseball first-pitch experiences, And Ryan's got a great Chris Paul story on the end. Much love.
0: It is Monday. It is Memorial Day. I hope everybody had a peaceful weekend. Um, Hope you took a second to think about why we have the holiday. And uh, hope you enjoy Ryan Rosillo today. A lot of fun talking with him. We just wrapped the interview. It's great when you call a friend on Memorial Day and he's willing to podcast with you uh, and doesn't ask you for how much time and then you completely abuse his time because you know that all he does is get shots up and go to the gym. Uh, That's the best kind of friend to have. And also somebody I enjoy podcasting with so and I always do that. I want to shout Ryan Russillo out. My my first fall, didn't know f- dick about this stuff. I still don't. I'm still trying to improve. But Ryan, you know, took a flyer on me and was like, you want to do a show with me at the Ringer? And we did a show for an entire fall. And it was like getting dropped in the deep end of the pool, like totally. I had n- no skill set, just a really smart, uh, skilled buddy who kind of kept me inside the white lines and we finished the fall out and I felt like I got a lot better as a result of doing that. So I appreciate Ryan. Also, uh Ryan does something now that I don't know if he'd want me to tell you about this, but he does like um he does like a, a boot camp for kids and a lot of them are underprivileged and teaches them how to like podcast. It's like a it's like a kind of a workshop for kids to learn about how to get into production and podcasting and that sort of thing. So I don't know if he ever talks about that, but it's actually pretty sick. He's a helpful guy is what I'm trying to say. He's doing good. And um, hey, I wanna shout out the uh, Florida women's softball uh, team. I'll get to why in a second. I think this time of year is really interesting because we are standing you know, at the edge of like the Marianas Trench or whatever the, the metaphor would be where you're looking off out into the abyss. After the NBA Finals, man, it is a lot of baseball. No offense to any baseball fans, including myself, uh, but that's a lot of time to fill uh, with with baseball. And yeah, we're going to get some, we get soccer and that sort of thing. Uh, but generally, this is the dead period in the summer. So um, enjoy your NBA while you can. Ryan and I are going to talk about it, but what you'll notice this weekend is the programming started to switch to like more Johnsonville uh, cornhole, which is funny The Johnsonville... Sponsors Cornhole. Anybody put that together? I don't know. Might be my 10 year old brain. Uh, but yeah, Johnsonville, which, by the way, they really do place the product. I mean, like, you can't watch Cornhole Memorial Day weekend without seeing a bunch of fucking sausage in the background. And it's almost like mind control. You got to go to Harris Teeter and grab some Johnsonville. Get all the Johnsons you can after watching Cornhole. But it's either Cornhole or it's conference tournament baseball uh, or softball. And by the way, I want to say this, softball is just as fun to watch in college as as, as baseball. I want to shout those ladies out. I know that ball is big and neon, but holy shit, they're standing like seven feet apart and throwing it as hard as they can. I know they're throwing it under hard, underhand, but I wouldn't want to stand in there. And uh, it looks a lot of fun. And it, it's also a really good watch, dude. It's just as good a watch as college baseball. I did watch both of, uh, I watched both baseball and softball this weekend a little bit. Shout out to Tennessee, the Volunteers. If I'm not rooting for Virginia, I like to pick another team. Tennessee would be that team this year. I know it's chalky, but the 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 sauce that that team has is incredible. I mean, they got a pitcher that throws 105. They have one of those late 1800s uh, mustaches. They uh, guy guy has a waterfall. They got swag. They got guys doing bat flips that are just egregious. Love the volunteers, but my favorite baseball or softball team this weekend is the Florida Gators uh, softball team for keeping the streak alive. Recently, uh, Manhattan, Kansas partied because Kansas State it was Bedlam in Manhattan. Their first team sports national championship. It was, it was some sort of a, a Palm championship, which is an awesome sport, by the way. And um, congratulations to the Wildcats, to the Palm Wildcats because they're off the schneid, and that leaves one school, I think. I might be making this up, but there's one fucking Division A school without a team national championship, is that it? And that school is lucky us, right down 81, it's Virginia Tech. And listen, I know Virginia Tech, you're into the streaks. Uh, you, for 15 years you guys beat our ass in football, and every time I met some drunk guy at a bar, he was like, sorry about the streak, buddy. And I was like, I'm at a bar. I'm not worried about it, but Now, I get to remind my Virginia Tech friends that as a result of Florida beating Virginia Tech in softball this weekend, I can safely say for the summer, I think, that Virginia Tech will go another summer without a team national championship, and that is a thing of beauty, and I want that streak to continue. I would never root against a group of young ladies that I have never met, just out there trying to give it their all, uh, playing for Tech. I would never do that, but when the score comes in, I'm not gonna lie and say that I didn't smile, we have an honor code at Virginia. So I'm not going to lie and act like I didn't take some solace in the fact that uh, they lost 12 nothing to Florida and will not be continuing to play softball the rest of the season. And if there's any listeners on the Virginia Tech softball team, it's not personal, man. It's not personal at all, I promise. It's just me being petty, and I'm sorry. But this is who I am. This is how I am. Brian Russillo is going to join us. It was a lot of fun. Enjoy that, and I hope everybody had a good weekend. I got to go home, and uh, my wife ordered a, um, a giant water slide for the backyard for Memorial Day. What, what that does is allows the parents to get drunk safely. So thank you to uh, my lovely wife, and I'm going to go home and enjoy that, that water slide. Enjoy Ryan Rosillo. The right draft pick can take your team to the playoffs and beyond. When you're scouting prospects, you need a powerful partner. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent seamlessly all in one place. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is the unbelievably powerful hiring partner delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Sign up for Indeed now and get $75 credit towards your first sponsored job, plus, Earn up to $500 extra in sponsored job credits with Indeed's virtual interviews. Visit indeed.com slash bluewire to learn more. Claim your credits at indeed.com slash bluewire. Indeed.com slash bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I got Ryan with me. Uh, it is Memorial Day. Uh, Ryan, I asked you your plans the remainder of the Memorial Day. And it sounds like every other day of your life. Do you want to fill us in?
1: Yeah, it's not very different. Uh I could do a better job. Like I've realized now, you know, when I got here I was when I moved to LA, I was pretty excited. It was pretty social. And then, you know, quarantine. And I've I've kind of been in a prolonged quarantine <laughs> sort of. I
0: feel the same way.
1: Yeah. So I I know like the mandates have been lifted for the most part and sometimes i'm like you don't do a ton uh but i have a lot of work you know i just i have a lot of work and this is usually the busiest time of my year because up until just now it's playoff games every single night sometimes you know in the beginning it's it's three and then i really like the nba draft it's my favorite sporting event so i watch you know 50 60 guys and, and do my own little report so it's tough like i worked friday night. I had two last night. I had this one today. Yeah. <laughs> and I got I got mine tomorrow morning and we go pretty early. So to mix in a six-hour day bender with a with some tunes yeah. as the sun starts to drop in the back. Like I'm not saying I'm against it, but I'm not I'm not really good at being proactive of figuring out what's out there because I already know in my head there's there's still a lot of stuff that I need to do up through you know, the beginning of July, and then we'll see.
0: Well, all I heard was lift, get shots up, and study the draft. And I was like, yeah, well, that that, that sounds about right. Let's start there because I saw you and Cerruti talking about it. Um, you would lean uh, Paolo with the first pick?
1: Changed my mind a few times, so I'm certainly not definitive, but I think that's what's so much fun about the top of this draft is that we have three guys that really have a strong case to be number one, and they're all three guys that I like. like normally, you would go... Okay. Well, I really like 2 I'm surprised so many people like this guy. Uh, the only one that you could bring into that category would maybe be Chet, just because I think it is a bit of a flag on what he'll look like physically, but you know how it is. Yeah. You start, you look at the kid and then you look at the parents, right. And you look at the frame and the camcorder. Yeah, and the camcorder. I mean, if exactly. your dad has a, if your dad has an old school Best Buy camcorder going, you know that you were raised the right way.
0: <laughs> you were raised right. There were principles in that household. <laughs> there were principles.
1: Like I don't need, I don't need Matrix. There weren't a lot of
0: complex carbs in that household.
1: No, no. So, I, did you see the video where they were like, "Who do you think the best player in the NBA is?" And he just goes, "Me in a couple months." Did he say that? Yeah, I'll send it to you. Where is are the Gonzaga
0: little- guys getting this fucking drip, dude? This swag, this fucking, this confidence? Because Timmy is out there. He's just, he's a vibes God. And now Chet opens his mouth and I find out that he's very confident.
1: Chet will do a little, um, little hand pistol in the holster yeah. after a three. I don't know. Have you ever seen it? Little it's shooting really shooter McGavin. Yeah, he'll like he'll get a three because he can shoot it, man. He really can shoot it. I mean, the allure of Chet is that he's this dude who's actually more of a perimeter player and that he can handle and he's really right. good off the ball. I think he fits into uh, a lot of different concepts in a lot of really... I thought what he did at Gonzaga was great because Nemhar and Timmy were the guys. And by the way, side note on Timmy, I think I was texting you and Big Cat when it happened, but I was at the NBA Combine and I'm baseline towards one of the hoops. And Timmy who's an incredibly skilled player, but he's probably better overseas. Because even when he was going up against some bigger physical guys in the combine, he was struggling a bit. And he had this kind of reverse, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like a reverse pivot move, and he was trying to go across the lane. And they called him for a travel, and he goes to the ref, he's like, what? He's like, oh, you're you're just not ready for this sauce. (laughs) No. Zero irony in that statement? no and the thing is is no one's there it's only like a few media people and then all the nba front office scouts gms or whatever there's not you know there might not be a hundred more than a hundred people in the gym and he's going you're not oh, oh, oh really travel you're just not ready for the sauce and so it was this so guy wow he
0: really he uses that word that's in his lexicon
1: yeah and the funny thing is is the place is empty so it's like quiet and then a couple guys are looking at each other going, wait, what, what? Boss, huh? <laughs> what is it? What's that
0: place think- like? You just described it as a hundred people in there. It's kind of quiet. I asked you about it. You, you kind of, you kind of gave me an answer. I I, I would love to, to know how, how different it is from like the, the NFL combine. Obviously it's much different, but like, what is that whole process about?
1: Oh, they've changed venues a couple different times. I hosted it for television for five years. It was one of my favorite things I did at ESPN. The first year I did it, they, I think the only reason they asked me to do it is because nobody else wanted to do it. Right. And we were in director's chairs on this gym. I don't even remember which one it was now, because right. I think we did it in four different places. But we were in director's chairs, five hours, ESPN polos on, and this stuff was running on ESPN U and then eventually it was kind of on two and we went over to attack jim which is grover which is jordan's guy yeah, yeah. you hear with those legendary stories uh anyway this setup is the nicest it's where DePaul plays hoops um it's wind trust arena and you roll in and it's connected to a hotel so it was really really convenient like the nba made it even more convenient so the venue is the nicest the venue's ever been but back in the day like you couldn't even really get in if you were media, you had to right. mill around in another area because, you know, the scouts in the GMs, it's basically just all the team staffs, whether it's three to five to seven deep, some teams bring a ton of people, some teams don't, but college coaches are usually always there. You know, it's actually a lot. I don't know if it's like that with college football, because there's so many people, but basketball does a really good job. And I think the coaches actually do care and it's not just for the image of it, but right. they go to watch their guys and see how they're doing and, and BS with, With the NBA people, but the games themselves are really difficult. And the concept, the way I describe it is this: like, think about this. If you're playing in the combine. You're at best a late first round prospect. So there's really only a couple guys that are going to go in the first round that are even going to play in this thing. Right. Because then it becomes a status thing where if you're lottery, you're not playing. And then if you think you're lottery, you're not playing. And you're like, oh, that guy's not playing. I'm better than him. So I'm not playing. And the agents, you know, they're kind of right about it. Like, why put my guy out there? And what's a tough basketball game? And the reason it's tough is you have. 10 players on these teams and they kind of rotate it out and then they figure out what they want to do at the end when they want to win. But sometimes it's just five for five substitutions and everyone is trying to figure out a way to stand out, to be drafted in the second, maybe move up to the first. So you have to be selfish without being a pig about it. Yeah. And so if you go out there and set screens and rebound and play the right way, but don't get any shots up, it's just hard for you to be noticed. So you have, you have what 40 50 guys playing for their basketball lives hoping they could stay in the states and not go overseas the way i described it to you would be imagine if you had drills at the nfl combine where wide receivers and corners that were projected to be like sixth seventh round or undrafted and then you just ran drills for those guys you know it would just be chaos because you're trying to find a way to stand out and it's really about you so you actually have to be a little selfish so the games are chaotic it's it's a weird game because it's not it's not basketball the way you would expect that, but but then again there are moments where somebody completely stands out like Kuzma lit it up when i saw him at the combine yeah. and you're like wait a minute holy shit like how Kuzma this guy's going to go and then he, i think he even dropped out because he didn't even need to play anymore and he goes to the first round and now he's had a nice nba career so it's a different experience uh, i do enjoy it a lot and there's nothing there's nothing that replaces seeing guys out there with with other people because this is another level beyond college because it'll sometimes you will just see somebody physically where you go no way or other times you're like wait a minute this guy is actually really impressive next to the rest of these players
0: webbanyama that's a guy who's not playing did i say that correctly did i say that Matt did i say that correctly Pretty close Wembyama Wembyama Webbanyamba. what web I liked it better the way I was saying it yesterday Web baby Yama. You say his name, Matt. Ryan, have you seen anything about the prospect out of France coming out for next year, Victor Wembanyama? The reason I wanted to ask about this guy is like you look at a, a foreign player like that that's getting this amount of hype. I'm hearing people are going to tank. Are you worried about the foreign thing or are you like uh, it's better than being a college athlete?
1: Well, some of the top league stuff, like Luca was playing. What Luca did in the Euro League win the MVP, it would be the equivalent of a high school senior playing in the NBA Finals and winning the MVP. Yeah, games. that guy's right, tape
0: so. is incredible on YouTube over there. Like all the, I went down a EuroLeague fucking rabbit hole the other day and saw the flares, all that stuff that CJ McCollum was talking about. Like Luca played through all that stuff. So he was mentally tough when he got to the NBA. These guys are insane over there.
1: Yeah, I do think that there was a stretch. This is a really good conversation. I'm surprised we're here so soon. Meaning that we're talking international evolution here. Yeah. But there were a bunch of players that post Dirk, everybody started drafting. And when I had Dirk on, I think we even laughed about it. I was like, Do you think Skittish owes you some cash? Like, (laughs) because he just, he was like, No, no, that was Dan Tony's guy. You know, Dirk is just so, so funny. But, we had this run of, Oh my God, look how tall this next Euro is. And he can shoot a little, but I did think they were soft. I, I thought it was, you know, people would talk about like things, you know, cliches of players, but like, this is just evaluating players and evaluating basketball players. I don't know who you are as a person, but as a player, right. I would see a lot of players that whether it was, they were intimidated or just, it was like kind of this skill hypnotization where you'd see these pieces of this game. And then when they got here and dudes just wanted to go at him too, because there'd be like some second round. That's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a stigma there too.
1: Right. So there'd be like a second round, big 12 guy that would want to just tear the soul out of some lottery pick. Nobody can pronounce his name. So I do think we had a long stretch of, of a lot of those players. You were like, all right, are they really built for this? And then, you know, I don't know. It was one of the first times I watched Porzingis where I go, wait, this guy's got some attitude to Mm him. Um, and Doncic, as you can see, both in the NBA, but when you watched him over there, you were like, this guy is like supremely confident. He's chirping at people. And so that doesn't exist anymore. Like if somebody's not as tough as they need to be, I can find the same thing here in the States. So I don't think that that stereotype is even accurate anymore. But when you're talking about um, Wembaiana, which I got I, I, I caught
0: no I'm, I, You know what I'm going to do? I'm big Webby. You know, there's a rapper, Little Webby. He's Big Webby. He's going to play 20 years in the league. Big I'm going to up. call him Big Webby for 20 years cuz I'm not He's doing- going
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's I mean, he's considered if you watch the under 19 stuff that had Chet in it and uh Jaden Ivy, which is one of the times you looked at Jaden Ivy going, "Holy shit, look at this guy." Uh He's fun though. This this French kid is he's going he's going one. Like it's one of the biggest locks that we've had. Like it's just not. So, do yes. you think
0: that's warranted? Because they said I've watched him. Most I mean, hype players said, well, I watch him for four minutes on YouTube?" Brian, and let me tell you, uh, he's two meters tall. Is what the, the announcers told me. And uh, the motherfucker will drive baseline. And I'm no basketball expert, but I'm like, yeah, that guy's not going to dunk that basketball. There's no room to dunk that basketball. And he just reaches over everybody's head and 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 slams that little basketball into the net. And like. And I guess that's the, the, that's the great thing about being 7'2 and athletic as fuck. Like, he really moves well. He's not, like, the twitchiest guy, but you can tell he moves well. He's, like, built well from the, from the bottom up relative to a, another 7-footer. I feel like his body type's not going to be a problem.
1: From what I've watched, it's insane. So I don't, you know, but I, I haven't gone into it the way I would go into it with a guy that's going to get drafted here in well, a few just weeks. just watch
0: four minutes of YouTube
1: on him like I did. You, you, watch that it. under if you watch the under19 game where he went up against chat, you, you were like you you got to be kidding me and by the way other people people that do this are saying that he is he is this special and they've been saying it for like a year good plus anyway. Too. good
0: defense yeah. like not just tall guy playing defense like he's actually like you can tell he's pretty decent
1: I do have a longer-term concern, though, with with players that move. They play smaller than their bodies, right? Which, in a way, you're like, oh, that's great. Like, look at Durant. He's this two guard basically, who's seven feet with a handle and all this other stuff. But sometimes I wonder if if those players are just more susceptible to injuries because the human body is not supposed to be seven two, like, no dicing question. people up. No question. You know, yeah. and so I think we've seen some of those guys break down a little. Uh, and and the big guys like don't, don't even tell you like the the human foot was not built to support the movement combination size that we see with some basketball players. Yeah, uh, no maybe question. some people, maybe geologists would disagree with me. I don't know.
0: <laughs> geologists, people that study the earth, <laughs> isn't that a, <laughs> a geologist? Yes, yeah, I did that for you. It is so nice to be <laughs> smart on a podcast with Ryan Russo. <laughs> All right, so last night, I mean, I was looking for, we, I want to do best flight, worst flight, you know, for old time's sake, you and me, uh, I know the people are always like, uh, they, they wax uh, nostalgic about that little segment you and I did in the fall of 2018. I'm like, it was only four fucking years ago. We might do it again. Uh, but I'll go worst flight to start. I haven't seen Top Gun, but I'm sure a lot of guys died in airplanes in that movie. So I'm going to go worst flight, every guy that died in Top Gun. Do you have a worst flight, by the way, Ryan?
1: Do they go against what happens in Top Gun? Are they taking on the Russians in so, this one? So the, back, so Matt, back in the '80s, you could just kill a million Russians in movies, and we'd be like, "Yeah, hey, we're we were the, so scared of Russia. We Russians. are
0: there again, dude. We are there again, dude. Hey, Kingston saw the movie, so they,
1: they never actually explain what country it is. It's just like a nuclear facility that's threatening to our allies, and they leave it nondescript so that's so, I, that's so this 20, is 2022. this is so 20, they couldn't actually point to a country that we're allowed to like in a script pretend invade so <laughs> it's just a vague nuclear center and it's not even a threat to us we're helping other people the top
0: gun pilots penetrated the uh asian facility wherein they canceled the cell phone and media subscriptions of all their citizens and starved them uh, and we, we don't call them North Korea. Like that's the type is, of, is shit that what it doing. is? No, but that's the type of shit we're doing in movies now.
1: Yeah. Cause nobody, nobody wants to mess with China in a script because then China's not going to buy the movie. <laughs> I've right? like, read this book yeah, yeah, yeah. about like the whole <laughs> business platform of just how Hollywood has shifted. Yeah. And there's almost every conversation goes, all right, we'll China buy this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See. <laughs> I mean, that's so, the, speaking of the NBA. Hey, um. <laughs> so, so let me steer this airplane <laughs> out of worse flight. Let's go best flight. I'm gonna go with the Boston Celtics, huh? Their today, flight their think, flight. Do you today. think it's you yeah, think it's even it's, taken off yet? I don't think it's taken off, dude. I think do you think they all got to hit like I mean, yeah, start there. You're the coach of this team. Ryan's the coach um of the Celtics. The Warriors have been sitting at home for days, right? They're chilling. Are you going to let your guys hit Mansion and all that shit in South Beach? Or are you going to get them back to, to Boston in one piece?
1: If I didn't know anything about how it really worked, I would have said get back as soon as possible. Exactly. You know, get your vitamins. Yeah. Get some rest. Uh, I remember the 2008 Celtics when they were playing Detroit in the Easter Conference Finals. And I think they had, you know, because they were playing Detroit – and I was doing all those games back in the studio. Like they actually let me be an analyst on those games back in the day. And I remember talking to somebody that had traveled with the team and they were like, you know, the guys after one of the games, they immediately were trying to find a way to get over the border to get into a casino. Right. And you were just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, the Eastern conference finals, you have a real chance to win a championship. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, get your rest. Right. You know, and you're in the media being like, come on, guys, get your rest. Yeah. That's super 23 years old of you. uh, No, I was only, I was, I was older. If I were 23, I'd be like, well, actually, if
0: you were 23, you'd be incensed. You'd be like these fucking guys, dude.
1: Yeah. But then you start to get to know some of you dudes and you guys are, again, human beings. It is it's a yeah, but you're human beings, but you're also different. Yeah. <laughs> I remember talking with Jamal Mashburn about like I was like, what would you guys do when you were playing against Jordan? He goes, You'd go out all night with Jordan. He's <laughs> like, Wait, with, all... with Jordan? Yeah. Sometimes he said that they went to, like they go to some spot and he would already be there. It was not like Jordan would be like, Hey, do you guys want to hang out with me tonight? Yeah. Um, they would go out and they would stay out. Like, I'd be like, Why would you want to? stay? stay out that late, like when it's a super important playoff game. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. And he was just like, what are you talking about? We're in our twenties, you know, and you go to bed and you sleep all day at the hotel. And then, you know, you get a lather and then you you shut down and then you get ready to play. And then I just realized like most of these guys, I don't know that it's the best idea, but I just think that these dudes are very, I think pro athletes, especially some of these basketball guys, if you're in your twenties, you recover so much quicker. You know, it doesn't really happen. The science, when you stop recovering as well is right around 27, 28 years old, you hit that birthday and all of a sudden the hangovers are just so different. What the fuck is happening?
0: They're different. You get the, the, the gremlins, uh, you get the Sunday scaries, your body doesn't recover, but I want to say this, like I could play pickup basketball, super hungover. No problem. Like, and I'm not very good, but imagine if I was good. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying the NBA is pick up basketball, but the NFL, like if guys went out on a Saturday night and got shit shit faced, like Lawrence Taylor <laughs> night out, there's only a couple guys that can do that in the NFL. Like there are dudes who can do it on Fridays, and I never could do it on a Friday. Like I was okay. dry, I was dry late in my career I was dry like the whole fall almost. But you know,
1: I was Did dry until Sunday night. Were you ever hung over for a football game?
0: No, uh-uh. You know, oh, a time or two I got, can I break the, the code here? Speaking of code breaking, we'll talk about code breaking in a little bit. I got, I, I got. I would get pretty stoned in the morning before you know a, a, a Sunday night game, so I could go back to bed and just take the edge off. Cause you're just sitting in these hotels, I'm staring at a fucking parking lot, there's steam coming out of the fucking vents, uh, it looks like Manitoba, it's zero degrees, we're getting ready to play like, you know, the, the Cowboys on a Sunday night. I'm a little fucking on edge, dude. I'm on the edge of my bed, so I get a little stone, and then I wake up from my nap, and there were times where I had to drink like five cups of coffee to get going in the evening, but I've never been hungover. I never drank the night before a game. I had like three drinks on a Friday night. My first trip to Seattle, which was a two-day trip my rookie year with some of the vets. These are like 34-year-old guys. They're like, come on, Rook, we're, we're going to a bar real quick. And you know, they went out and had six or eight, but I had two and then went back to the hotel. That is the
1: most I ever drank on the weekend of a game. I don't even know why you would want to do it to yourself, especially in that sport. I don't I wouldn't even co-sign your basketball hungover thing because that would I, I don't know. I think you would if you were really competitive, but see, then you never know the situation. Like if you were really competitive and the first time you got work because you were hungover, you would think, Okay, you know what? Maybe I don't need to do that. Because there's some so guys many guys other ways you work go out.
0: Some guys never got worked for getting yeah, they or that Gary good Payton, And Yeah, they, Gary Payton just
1: Didn't get it worked.
0: And there's some guys that don't, alcohol does not affect them coming out the same way. You know what I'm saying? But I will tell you, varsity baseball, I used to park dingers hungover. Baseball, I think I could play baseball drunk, honestly. The the guy threw a no-hitter on acid, dude. Okay? I know it's a great thing and everything. No offense to baseball. I'm just saying. Sometimes I think you should be hungover playing baseball. It depresses your central nervous system a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And this is a fucking, this is a hand-eye sport. Uh, I don't know if that makes any sense. Hey, Rye. The Celt- so I think the Celtics
1: went out is my, <laughs> so, is my answer. So,
0: so, so, the, so Rye, so the the Jimmy Butler shot last yes. night. At first I was like, that's really stupid. But then I thought about it. He tied the game against Toronto, right? When he was in he was in Philly. He he tied the game, then Kawhi shot, right, to to win it. Or they went up two, I think, or whatever it was. Um, then last night, I'm thinking about the heat and what they've been doing the entire four. It was tied. Night. It was tied. Kawhi shot was tied. Yeah, Kawhi shot was tied. He's already hit a two pointer at the end of a big game, you know, like an elimination game. He pulls up for three. Horford Sagan, like for a second I forgot that Butler's not a great three point shooter, and I was like, Yeah, pull up um also i was thinking about the fact that the back half of the fourth quarter the heat played about as bad offensively as the team in that situation that i can remember like they just sucked they were missing wide open 13 footers they they couldn't create offensively like boston was playing really well defensively the only reason they were in that game and you're the basketball guy but marcus smart taking a bunch of fucking stupid shots and i love marcus smart I get why Jimmy Butler thinks like, if we want to win this game, I have to win this game. You know how there's some teams that are like, I don't want to go into overtime. I don't know if they would want to go into, into overtime even being at home.
1: The guy played every second of the entire game. He's the only reason there was a game seven uh, right. because of what he did in game six. This is the only reason why game seven was competitive. I mean, we can dig into some other things. Lauer did have some really good offensive plays. Uh, nice. And well, yeah, I can't stand watching him play basketball, but I have to. I, I can also separate the two. You you're know right, that You're, very, you're good, very, dude. Look at you. Right now, I'll be like, I hate this guy, but goddamn, can he dress? Yeah. You know, like I give people credit. <laughs> I go out of my way to credit people I hate, yeah, just to make sure people understand how fair and balanced I can be about the issues that matter. But I is he on the fair I, and I, balanced? <laughs> 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 I. uh, <laughs> I had no problem with the shot. I had no problem. By the way, the transition threes are one of the best shots you can take in the NBA. The, the conversion rate's really good. I know he's not a great three-point shooter. I thought he was going for the kill shot there. You know, you could say, Hey, drive on Horford. You get the layup. He's so good at that. I don't think he was going to get an and one. He might've gotten two free throws if he missed, but mm-hmm. I don't think the refs are going to give you the and one for the win in game seven on that one, unless you're just murdered at the rim. Uh, I can't believe what happened. I just watched it again this morning. It was, it was just like the whole series, as you know, I'm telling you, I'm going, Hey, Boston's better than them. They're better than them. And then game two happens like, okay, they got smart Williams back. we're, We're back on track. And then game three happens. And credit the Heat stuff this, but Boston also handed the ball to him about 15 of the 25 turnovers. So you yeah. go, okay, well, that, and they still got that game to one point, but then Butler didn't play. The Butler was a mess. Lowry and Strucer are a mess. And then I'm like, okay, game six, this thing's over. And then it's not over. Well,
0: somebody broke the code. What happened? Well, no, somebody broke the code. That's why it wasn't over. That's why they went out there pissed oh, the that, off in game six.
1: That was an all time code. That was Jay- a new code break.
0: <laughs> we got to get, we'll get to code breaks in mailbag, but go ahead. Sorry.
1: I right, just Trey, can't wait why? to talk about breaking the code, dude. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the three, I thought I w- I was fine with it. The guy's a big stones player. Uh, to me, Butler, who I've kind of complained at times, the way he's covered is that he'll have these incredible playoff runs. And then it's like, how come this guy's not in this conversation with these other guys? I go, well, because he's not in that conversation with them. And it's okay. It's okay to be, milling around top 10, top 15, but you don't get to be like top five or top six. And then whenever the singular player goes on that run, like last year, Devin Booker, people were going, oh, he's definitely top 10. And like a couple guys even threw the Kobe word in there. It's not that he was Kobe, but that he was kind of Kobe-esque and you're going, wait. So in the moment with basketball players, it's the same thing with quarterbacks. We can get really stupid. We can get really stupid, but having said all those things, what Butler did in six and seven, I, he's, he's up, whatever my levels are in my head, he's up. And I just think somebody that's played 48 minutes, who's as good as him, wants the kill shot, wants to end it. Transition threes are always open. It's usually a very successful. It's the rate of it is a very good shot. No problem with it. He's a hard player for me to
0: comp. We were sitting around here. Like who would he remind you of when we were growing up? Like as far as his skill level, the respect quotient, which he has, a ton of respect, you just said it. I mean, everybody's like, damn, this guy just plays above himself and he, and he allows his team to play uh, above themselves, like game in and game out in these situations. But he's gonna fall a little bit short probably. You know, he's, he's 33 years old or something now, dude. Uh, I'm not saying the Heat won't win or they won't be able to keep it together. Like, who does Jimmy Butler remind you of in
1: the era before this
0: era? Like, is there anybody?
1: I don't know why I keep thinking like Bernard King or something like that. Like a tough, yeah, big slashing, you know, it's always different with some of the perimeter guys now because it's so three-point based. And, you know, I think Did it's mean- totally unfair. Yeah, I think it's totally unfair to previous guys when we're like, well, we didn't shoot. And you're like, well, that just wasn't really what the game was. Right. So um, it's like getting getting on a tight end from the 80s because he didn't have enough catches in comparison right. to today's tight ends. It's yeah. not that tight end's fault. Yeah. So I, I just, anybody that but then I could also point to like the middle of the series too. And go, what the hell happened to you in that? Right. You know, cause after those games, you're like, this is why he doesn't get talked about. You know, I even did that segment too, but I think the full product of the seven games is why we closed. But yeah, it's a big, tough, like Alex English is not a good comp. Um, Was that your comp, Matt English? <laughs> uh, I have him pulled up right now. That's why I'm <laughs> you're just staring at Alex. Alex well, it's here. a lot of scoring. Alex, is a lot of scoring, all that kind of stuff, but Butler, Butler almost has, like, more Detroit Pistons in him. It's not a good than. comp in terms of play style. It's kind of a good comp in terms of, like, cumulative numbers, numbers and yeah. where they were drafted. He's just so unique. Early.
0: Like, he's just so unique, and uh, th- he's fun to watch. And everybody, by the end of the game, I feel like no matter where you sit uh, as a sports fan, you got to respect Jimmy Butler. Like, no matter what you thought, if you never watched him play or if you don't like the heat or whatever, by, like, minute 48, you're like, holy shit, this guy's relentless. He's a menace, dude. I mean, that is a, as a compliment. Like, as a football player, I'm watching this guy play, and I'm like, fuck yeah. But, yeah, a little bit short. Tatum, on the other hand, the threshold that you're talking about, Jimmy Butler crossing, like Tatum, I feel like he's in there, dude.
1: Yeah, that's why it was really interesting of what was kind of at stake for, um, for Tatum and a little bit of Jalen Brown as well, because their first three Eastern Conference Finals appearances, the Celtics team... Uh, they were, I think kind of irrelevant. Like I thought the Miami one, they lost a couple years ago. They had no chance for bam when they played against LeBron in 18, they were kids. I can't believe that series went seven, but also spoke to how terrible the East was. And then, you know, you got to go back even further 17, with Isaiah Thomas, when I still can't believe they beat the wizards and, uh, you know, then they, they, they lost to Cleveland five games because right. I, I think Avery Bradley was a second leading scorer. So there was a Brad Stevens. Oh, he can't get out. And then it was a bit of a Tatum Brown thing. These guys can't get out. And I never really held Again, the Washington series. was different, but, uh, this would have left a mark. <laughs> okay. If they had blown this, they were nine point favorites in game six. Yeah. And again, I, I don't yeah, think I texted, I'm wrong you. Here. I texted right. you. I no. was like,
0: I was like, what do you think? I'm thinking about betting the, uh, the, uh, the heat tonight, I, like, was gonna yeah, go, like I was going to th- go lighting money on fire, dude. <laughs> well, I
1: didn't say I wasn't that aggressive, yeah, okay, really, but yeah. yeah, the thing is, is you guys didn't ask me about game seven and I was going to say lay the points again and it would have covered. So now when you don't <laughs> ask yeah. me, yeah, uh, exactly. that's, those are the, those are the ones to play when you don't ask me. am now I'm going to tell exactly. you what I think. Someone's just, a running just,
0: joke. Now, every time I put you on the spot,
1: yeah, if I leave you alone, nails. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then I'll say like, oh yeah, this is, this is what I thought. And be like, well, we didn't want to ask you uh-huh. about this, this bad streak. Uh, but those two
0: shots he hit, I know that, the, I know that like, like, uh, the heat made a run and made that like a game, but those two shots he hit were like dagger shots, uh, to put them up 13 or whatever it was, the three and the fadeaway. Like Tatum is a fucking, he's a bona fide guy. This series has made him, um, I don't know. He's just made th- this series has made him that guy in my book. I just love Jason this, the playoffs. The yeah. playoffs in general.
1: The game six against Milwaukee is is the kind of game where it's like you have an all time game. Like yeah. I know Memphis lost and Ja didn't play, but I think Jaw having forty seven against Golden State in game two, like that's something you can kind of bring to the table when you're talking about what players are capable of. And Tatum's had a few of these, and I thought those two shots were incredible. And by the way, Miami's doing everything they possibly can to sell out. So sometimes all of us can be a little frustrated. Like how come Tatum's not taking more shots? I think he took three in the fourth quarter. He barely touched the ball in game six at the end of it. Right. But when you're doing everything, it's like, okay, so what do you want him to do? Drive one on three and miss? Right. Is that going to make you happier to show that he has that alpha in him, that he has that killer instinct, you know? So Tatum was making the right play. Smart kept missing all the shots. I didn't have a problem with, I, I said at the time, I didn't have a problem with any of the smart threes. And I watched it again this morning, the third one I didn't love, now that I, I saw it again. But how about I'm hitting the three and then looking at your boy, Aaron Donald, who doesn't, is not afraid of an accessory. No, he's, he, he since the Super Bowl, that guy's accessorizing like a fucking he kiosk. He signed with Donda.
0: All. This guy is, he's, he's, you talk about like crossing into an, another, an, another echelon. This guy is like a megastar now, a megastar, but still answers text messages. Thank you, Aaron. Very nice guy. But speaking of Donda,
1: yeah. They did a, a logo break like a test run of our legends hoodies. <laughs> yeah, and legends. when I went to the when I went to the headquarters, <laughs> there was a million Donda at least no. around getting ready to send out. And uh, one of the guys was like, Do you want one? And I was like, Yeah, I'll take and so I've been wearing two. Do you want one? I don't know. They're probably gone now. yeah, I'll they take were, some
0: free Donda. This stuff's gotta be expensive. But Dr. But I, Fax, Dr. Fax will sell that shit on eBay. The
1: looks I get rocking a Donda hoodie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, before I Is lose like, this wait.
0: thought, before I lose this thought, Tatum went through. Um, he went through Durant, right? He went through Giannis, yeah. and now he went through Jimmy Butler. So, like, when I say, as a casual basketball fan, that he's crossed into a different echelon as a result of this run, I mean, whatever happens against the Warriors, I think he's he's really stepped up and and uh, St. Louis guy, man. I love that. So what do you think? What do you think this matchup looks like?
1: Uh, I actually think Boston has some nice matchups with this one uh, because they have a lot of size that they can throw at Golden State where, you know, Denver didn't matter because it's Jokic and and at that point a bunch of role players. uh, Memphis, who kind of decided like halfway through it, let's take Steven Adams off the scrap heap because they abandoned him against Minnesota. And right. you're wondering, why are you still talking about first and second round Western Conference playoffs? There's a reason to this. They brought Adams back in that series against Golden State because they they were trying to figure out a way to, to change the way the game was being played by bringing a big back out there. The problem for Dallas was is that Dallas exposed Utah, how, as everyone has now defensively uh, in the playoffs. They came back against Phoenix because they were like, we're just going to keep going small because I don't think they like their power minutes anyway. Right. But then against golden state, it's like, Oh wait, this team wants to go small too. Right. <laughs> like this, this is a problem. And you can kind of see it playing out where you're like, Oh wait, this is, we don't have this weird advantage with this five out Luca superhuman thing. Right. You guys have basically invented this shit right. and have no problem. And so the problem with Boston for golden state is, is that, if you want to try to, like basketball can be really weird because there can be small lineups at nights where you're going, how are you ever going to stop this small lineup? And then there's other times in the small lineup where you go, well, they can't get a rebound. Right. You know, they can't get a rebound. Like their right. size is, is a disadvantage at this point. And that's how basketball is. Like I always point to Tristan Thompson in the 16 finals where Tristan looked unplayable at times. And other times it looked like nobody could get a rebound around the guy because Golden State was going small. Right. So it can change. It can change in the game. It can change game to game. I do like how Boston has a lot of options size wise and guys that can play on perimeter players defensively. What Grant Williams, he had a baseline drive against him from Vic last night, Oladipo. Yeah. Oladipo couldn't get past him. Horford does a great job running guys off. And then you have Rob Williams out there freelancing if he could be healthy, because I don't think he looked very good last night. Uh, there's a lot of size combinations that Boston can throw at Golden State, but. I also expect there's going to be some nights with Golden State where it just goes nuclear and none of those guys miss and you feel helpless. And I think the end of Celtics offensive games that are tight, they've got to start plugging in some different counters here. Right. Because that was that was painful to watch them almost blow that game because it was like, all right, they're selling out against Tatum. Come up with some shit. And they got really stagnant and we're just looking at the clock, hoping it was going to go to zero. And they almost lost it because of it. It was ugly. I mean,
0: both those teams were ugly in the fourth quarter. Different stretches. You, you, if you're ugly like that against Golden State for a stretch of five, seven minutes, it's going to be really ugly. Like, the, you know what I mean? So, I, I, I'm sure this game or this series has like the volatility of, hey, a team, could, the Celtics could get beat by 30 one night, but it could still be a really good series. Like, you don't don't look at a blowout exactly. and say hey, well, this is how the whole thing's going to go.
1: By the way, that's the playoffs. I mean, yeah. think about Golden State in that Memphis game. They were down 55, and they, they're four away from <laughs> winning the most Incredible title. games
0: I've ever seen, dude. Yeah, how do you lose by 55 points? My, th- th- I have tinnitus from hearing whoop that trick.
1: Yeah, and I like, you know, Draymond. They're down 50, and he's waving a towel. Going, <laughs> yes, <laughs> to, like, so well, Draymond gets, Draymond gets the playoffs. Right, he's been and there. That may be this generation. Like for as much as this generation gets shit on, they may they may turn the page on things as athletes better than anyone. Pretty ever quick, seen because this this yeah. The story of the playoffs. At one point, we had had a stretch of seventeen playoff games, seventeen total playoff games that had a combined seven clutch minutes played. Yeah, which is score within five minutes, two minutes to go, yeah. and you're, or excuse me, score within five points, two minutes to go, and you are thinking. We've had 7 total minutes out of 17 games yeah. that, that fell into the clutch. Like that's ridiculous.
0: So what do you think? Do you think no How do you think the NBA is feeling about no LeBron? I mean, it's a great market matchup and everything, but like you, you, this is the year. This is a little preview into the future. I I'm being honest, I'm not, I'm not taking a shot cuz I love watching LeBron. My favorite time period in NBA history, said this the other day with Spencer Hall, was like early 2010s. Like, when I got in the league in college, like, from LeBron outmatched against the Spurs to the Celtics to all that stuff, like, that was the golden era for me outside of the 90s of being an NBA fan. So I'm not anti-LeBron in the playoffs, but it did not bother me this year not to have LeBron in the playoffs. I mean, you had enough storylines that I felt like it was still really fun, even with some of the not-so-great games. How do you
1: feel the NBA feels about these playoffs? Well, the numbers have been really good we'll yeah. see how the finals go uh i don't like sky is falling ratings guy because he seems to be wrong a lot yeah and it happened with your sport yes you know there was like oh it the like concussions people are starting to tune out you know yep. uh oh the kaepernick thing yep. people are sick of this now and then you start playing the results right you start you look at the declining ratings and then you start applying all these reasons why it's impacting it and in reality, it felt like just a weird little down cycle. And then guess what? It came right back up. So those things yeah. were not as significant. They weren't as everlasting. Like, I always think it's kind of funny too. Like, imagine conducting a straw poll about a presidential candidate with you and your roommate, right? right. You'd be like, they're like, Hey, do you like, um, I'm just trying to think of something. Give me O'Rourke. All right. Let's all do, right? Yeah. So you, yeah, Beto. Beto, right. So you and your roommate are sitting there and you're like, do you like this Beto or candidate? And the guy goes, no. I'm like, yeah, me neither. I don't get it. Yeah. It's like you did a straw poll of two fucking people, two people which is <laughs> all okay. polls. It's all polls. <laughs> all but polls. there's there's far too much of this. Like, I remember I flew to Nashville to go visit some friends and I'm in an Uber from the airport to their house. And he's asking me what I do. And sports comes up. He goes, I'm done with it. Only NASCAR. And I went, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, all, me and all my friends we're done with it. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, we won't watch the NFL ever again. I'm like, wait, so let me get this straight. Like, did you like the Titans? He goes, I loved them. Had season tickets. He goes, we built our Sundays around it. I go, so why don't you watch it? He goes, capper I go, so because it's something you've enjoyed for decades that was a major part of your fall. Like, it's part of your life. You had season tickets. built your Sundays now, around it. Yeah. You are now going to impose a punishment to yourself to enjoy something you enjoy this much, you will not now allow yourself to join it because one guy did something you didn't like.
0: People are amazing, dude. Right,
1: and then he's like, well, he goes, I don't think anybody watches it. I go, I don't think that your data is is complete.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, guy's driving, guy needs to get out of the Uber, stretch his legs, turn on a TV, dude. But it's also pay Tom Brady 37 and a half million dollars a year to call games in the future.
1: the future people from the know, future we're gonna be games from the moon <laughs> so i i thought like this is this is all of us though this is all of us in the, how we can be convinced of our yeah. opinions you're like did you talk to anyone else can we like, think
0: this podcast is good everybody in <laughs> here loves this
1: podcast <laughs> But another good example, too, is that when it was concussion, like heightened awareness, I think it was about a two year stretch there. Right. Yeah, Everybody, yeah. everybody's coming up with like, "Ooh, was that? And then people are diagnosing them on the Thursday night football, we yep. had like seven concussion calls on Twitter. Um, I, I thought I had CT at that point. That was that I serious. Remember, yeah. I, remember was, I was freaking out. About. I was like,
0: man, like, uh, fuck, I might be losing my mind. People, we, there's a movie these- about it. I'm not right. saying it's not real. I'm just saying the like truth. this is the way like fucking Will Smith is talking about it, right? Will Smith, Smith gave, about Well, it.
1: then Will Smith gave Chris Rock CTE. Do you think that Will Smith, when he slapped him, was like everybody's going to think I'm fucking awesome because I'm standing up? <laughs> yes, the wife. way. Think it was, yeah. Yes, the way yeah. he pivoted back. Yeah, like he was like, yeah, he,
0: he almost smiled. I He's think like, he thought he nailed it. Oh, I nailed this smack, dude. They said it was a movie smack too. Like the way, I don't want to go backwards here.
1: Right? I yeah, mean, but that's all right. No, let's yeah. keep going forward. But I forward. need to go keep back, fun, yeah, I keep need to going go back forward. to go forward. Yeah. Because there's another example of this, that when, Sometimes. you know, I remember being at ESPN, and it it started turning into like a lot of voices and I just felt like there were a lot of voices at ESPN. I'm like, do you even like sports? Like how the fuck did you end up here? Like all, every topic was how every sport sucked. And I was like, this is fucking weird. That's not what I signed up for. And it was well you know what's the future of football right could this possibly remember mark cuban going i wouldn't want to own an nfl team you're like bullshit like what are you talking about by the way which is self-serving because he wants to start propping up his own product yes uh and not the nfl not to say the cuban isn't brilliant doesn't say a ton of really smart things that i admire but i remember just thinking back to the point of like straw polling of one and a roommate yes where it was the the end of football, and I'm listening to people say it, and I'm like, okay, well, where are you from? Oh, you're from New York. Oh, you're from Boston. Oh, you're from Chicago. Oh, you're from L.A. Yeah. Get on a fucking plane and go south. Uh-huh. Get on a plane and go to the Midwest. Go go to Texas. Go go to some of these Arizona high schools, and you're like, this football's not going away, there,
0: folks. They're, they're like Mayan temples down there. These high school, um, fuck, when when they come back to our society to like visit it. And like anthropologists, they're going to be like this. There were big sacrifices here in Plano. Like there was just this, this stadium, something happened here. And no, it was just fucking a bunch of little white guys running around with a football. I mean, it's yeah.
1: Instagram posts in Northern Florida. <laughs> dude, IMG fucking, uh,
0: dude, I'm just telling you football ain't going anywhere. And, and the NBA is not going anywhere as I'm as casual as it gets. But I fucking love these playoffs because there's more. I know there's a little bit more disbursement of star power. Like you know, I know like it's great when you've got a villain and a hero kind of, and there's this uh, collision course or um, you know you got two, three of the best players in the world, obviously. But we have a bunch of really fun players in, in the game now, and a lot of them are young, and a lot of them are international too. And maybe Big Webby is going to add to that mix. So maybe we're going to say LeBron who. We got Big Webby in about five years. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, $200, 200 big ones on a $50 bet. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. All right, so we got mailbag here. Ryan's got to get on with his Memorial Day, gets shots up lift weights, etc. cetera. Um, Ryan, I was like, man, I was having a hard time. Some of these mailbags are okay, but I was having a hard time getting like, you know, that question you're like, I can't wait to answer it. And then you texted me, top three code breakers. <laughs> when
1: you do code break alert on Twitter, I, I laugh hard. It was the U, Udonis Haslam thing, because Draymond said they were gonna be playing the Celtics. Well, this was a new code. Yeah. And
0: when you, you're <laughs> thats are now in what charge. I'm that's right. what I'm wondering.
1: Is you're this now in Celtic, charge. Had you heard of this, of this code?
0: This is the old adage of you never go on TV and work for TNT uh, as an analyst for a night and and predict the other side of the Final Four in the NBA. You never do that. That's one of
1: the oldest codes in the NBA. Right. I'd never heard of that one. And then when we have a code breaking, you alert all of us. I gotta let I people know. It. I gotta let people yeah. know. Fucking
0: Jordan Poole accidentally grabbed, um, a guy's knee earlier in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, John Morant in the playoffs. That was a code break. We deal with it in baseball all the time, all the time, dude. So I'm tired of this code breaking, man. And Haslam's got a point. Haslam's got a point. I don't think
1: you. I I, I was like, wait, you can't. But you're right. And like no one. The Draymond thing is always funny because remember when Josh Norman got his his weekly thing and people freaked because they're like, wait, he's going to be playing and he's part of Fox's pregame and people thought he was going to be like in a suit next to your dad for three hours and then would go run sprints. <laughs> yeah, and you're no, like, no. no. He's he's taping a feature on his off day because he's got a big personality. <laughs> yeah, and then they're going to run it during the thing. And you're like he's probably going to be giving away defensive alignments for sure. The, ta- the opponent can watch his segment, the Josh Norman segment, and then they'll know, they'll know what their coverages are. We I actually mean, a, used to put the break.
0: Josh Norman segment on in the big meeting room and study it as a team. So
1: <laughs> it's just so funny the way people's heads work on this stuff. Especially when it's new. Cause I remember even being on the radio being like, wait, what's he doing? Be like, oof, that's the kind of guy you want in your building? Dude,
0: I used to have, people used to be like, come in and do like a weekly radio spot. We'll give you like five grand or something like, you know, or in St. Louis, maybe it was less. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you come in, it would be like you'd come in for 20 minutes or you call in 20 minutes after a game every week. And I was like petrified to do something like that. And I never did it because of the perception that like you can't, which is wrong. Do anything but your sport, because I got bad news for people. If they're not, if guys aren't doing the radio thing, they're doing Xbox or something else. I mean, it's not old Xbox. There's like other iterations of that game since then. But like Neo Geo, yeah, (laughs) Dreamcast. But now, dude, now people are like doing full like reality TV shows and shit. Not to mention, there's a reality TV show in the NFL now that follows teams around. The Cardinals, your guy Cliff. Just got the reality TV show for next year. How do you think that's I might gonna be, go?
1: I might be on a couple episodes. Who knows?
0: <laughs> you and him just sitting in that living room, That famous living room.
1: Um, but yeah, <laughs> wait, dude. wait. Can I can I go back to something? Because I remember I was in Boston yeah. during you know the the Belichick. I don't even have how no many parts there were to it. Right. So I think Vince Wilfric was drafted in 03. Mm. And at that point, you know, it was the Patriot way. You didn't do any of those things. And then Wilfric just stops by this TV show that I was doing and he was on once a week mm. and Vince is the coolest dude ever. And I asked yeah. him, I go, Hey, what, uh, I go, you a little worried about, you know, doing this Belichick, you know, coming on every week. And he was like, no, and I was like, ooh, you know, ooh, you sure, dude? And then Vince goes, he's a man just like I'm a man. And I'm going <laughs> to do, like, he's a man. He has, he has like, it was it was just so cool the way he did it. Like, yeah. he wasn't challenging Belichick. He was no. just saying, like, I'm a man. This is what I do. Well, and he's a man, and he does what he does, and there's no problem about it. And, by the way, it wasn't like Vince was coming on going, hey – I can't believe, you know, 91, this guy sucks. Uh, well, it was Vince also
0: Vince Wilfork who is the, the entire key to the defense being good over that. I mean, he's not the entire key. I don't want to get out over my skis here. He was but, awesome, but he was a fucking game changer. There was only right. one Vince Wilfork and it ha- he happened to play in the one defense that was perfect for him. So exactly. So and yeah, and, Vince Wilford can do whatever the fuck he wants, dude, but then then
1: Gronk showed up and, and they were like, okay. And apparently there was some stuff with Gronk towards the end. I don't know. You would know better than I would Where Didn't he show up in like a, a motorcycle outfit or something? And there was, there was like some, I don't know what it was, but there was, there was some time they're like, all right, I'm, this is out Like, of like a, a motorcycle ch- rally. No, I forget what the story was. I thought there was some costume that he had on and people were like, what the fuck?
0: Well, Brady was like a person that that never had sex and went to college with some of the the media stuff. Like, he's just, it's finally good to, to see who Tom Brady is, right? Like, Tom Brady's personality exploding just onto the scene and knowing who he is. You could really tell that there was a veil there. It's not to say it's a bad thing, but like the time period... Was, the, was what it was, and Bill is who he is. Now I think the Patriots are going to be a lot more open about that stuff because there's no way not to be, and you don't have Tom Brady there to ensure that you're going to be winning the division every year, so there's no, like, I'll come buy in and not take pictures at the facility or any of that shit or go have my own radio show. Like, Chase Winovich had a whole YouTube channel yeah, I think part he was of it's like giving a first, up. To second year guy. Like Chase Winovich was doing like closet tours and meet my dog and stuff. Like, you think Bill likes that stuff? But he doesn't have a choice now. The times have changed.
1: That's it. Yeah. I think you just kind of give up. You're like, you can drive yourself crazy trying exactly. to fight some of this stuff. And I think you had a, just a different generation of dudes, which I'm still sure that football people would prefer to have that. But I, I think you know, as it relates back to the code breakers with the Draymond <laughs> thing, <laughs> you know, like, We're going to have to update the codes. We're going to have to update the codes of what media stuff is. Because to have a guy who's going to the NBA finals on the desk of the most popular basketball studio show saying who he thinks he's going to be playing, is that a, is that a code breaker or is that just a good b block
0: i think it's a good b block dude and i also think if you use it correctly you can win game 6 with that uh, with that information but not not game 7 not game. it doesn't last it doesn't last that's like a 2 day code break
1: i would love to know about the codes that were broken that did not lead to code breaking success yeah
0: like
1: <laughs> you can't you can't garner any karma from... <laughs> See, I already know your answer. It might suck, but I would love to know because I always love, like, absolutely. Hey, what would you guys say at halftime? Well, we went in there. We told these guys it's going <laughs> to mean something. Like, what did the other guys say at halftime? Yeah. Hey, let's lose. Uh-huh. Uh, (laughs) What did did those guys say? Did you ever have an awesome like pregame? Hey, this time it's personal halftime. Let's impose our will hit them in the mouth, come running out of the tunnel and you lost 28 to three. Oh, for sure, dude. I played
0: for the St. Louis Rams for eight years. Every speech was that dude (laughs) until Jeff Fisher got there. And then Jeff Fisher was like, let's go fucking kick their ass we'll go ride a harley davidson to the bar and drink some jack daniels like shit like that it was a two minute speech <laughs> like fish was like no fish literally was like and i don't want to break the code here but fish fish's speeches were amazing cuz he treated us like adults and like he'd walk in and within 90 seconds we were out the door he he would respect our space he, you know, he would give us the pertinent information. Fish was not a slouch with giving us the pertinent information. He was on the competition committee. So Fish knew all the rules. He knew all the referees. If we had an official that was more apt to call holding, we were going to hear about that. I mean, down to illegal contact. So I'm not saying he was a slouch on prep, but the 90 seconds before the game, it does not fucking matter what a coach says. Short of like, hey, the best player in the history of the franchise just died. And he asked you to win this game for him. Like there's not, there's nothing a coach can say to me ninety seconds before the game that's going to change
1: anything. And Fish got you, that. You know what you need because I love this so much from you. You need a code breaker alert. You need a sound effect for the pod. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, right. Thank so you. So <laughs> have one of your guys just constantly scanning code breaking. Yes. If it happens, you yes. might go a day without a code breaker, but you could get two in a day. It's perfect. And you're taping the podcast. And somebody's just like, Hey, you just do, there's an alert. They interrupt whatever you're doing. Be like we got a code breaker and so, then just keep America updated.
0: I want to keep America updated. I also want to make sure that I'm I'm okay with on time here with Ryan. Cause that's a podcaster code. We, he's a great friend. I'm like, Hey, you want to podcast on Memorial day? There's no like, yeah, I've got a, an out after 30 minutes. I'm having a fucking blast. I don't want to go home and hang out with my family. This is my family here. Um, Right, no, we keep going. Okay, we'll keep cool. Going. All, All right, so don't worry about it. okay, good. Don't worry about it. So code code hurdled. Um, the other code that came up this week was the code of the group text and uh, Jock Peterson, who is now my favorite player, dude. The lettuce situation, the hat situation. Like I know people are paying attention to the substance of his interview and the fact that he actually got slapped over fantasy football and a Jeff, but look at the way the fucking guy wears his hat. He had an opportunity to get his self together there before that interview. And he was like, I cannot be bothered to do that, dude. I cannot be bothered to fix my lettuce. I can't straighten my hat. I'm not gonna speak up. I'm not gonna talk fast. You want me to tell you why I got slapped? I'm gonna take four minutes to do it, dude. I love Jock Peterson, bro. I I know he had a run with the the Braves last year, and all that's fucking cool, and no, that didn't do it for me. This did it, this did it for me. What do you think? (laughs) on the on on the fam peterson
1: slapgate. what's the code there we have to start with that peterson interview because he was like do you want to make sure i spare no detail <laughs> that's exactly right dude he's a and genius I, I remember like seeing the quote tweets before i watched the clip and i i hit on the i'm like this is four minutes Yes. I go what and then I watched it and it got it was sort of like a little uncomfortable because you're watching somebody else you're going what where's what's going on here like is there a big like joke or something and you're thinking this is like a governor addressing a state after like a a natural disaster on quaaludes dude. Right. Yeah. They're like okay, you know, we're going to have the coast guard out front. We were late <laughs> in our response to the jetties. <laughs> We're going to double down on sand. We're bringing we supplies. more supplies. We, yeah, we've dude. asked the president oh. for a national state of emergency. Yeah. Prices, and so the like, price
0: of sand went up. Anyways, yeah, we got to get more sh- sandbags.
1: I just, so we should have had more there. You, the community is right. What, That's what on us. We, what can
0: we do about it now? I just, you know, like this guy. It's absolutely genius, and the fact that this interview went viral is a testament to that, because number one rule of having a fucking podcast or putting content on the internet is like, you're supposed to know what the the clip is about within five to 10 seconds, I was told. This motherfucker doesn't reveal what he's talking about for like two and a half minutes.
1: The hourglass. I I, I seriously, I thought it was a deleted scene from The Prestige. (laughs) Yes! That, that was like what am i what okay pay attention watch his hands there's a rabbit coming dude right and then i'm like all right i gotta back it up where did the ball go because i'll tell you the third time i watch a magic trick on instagram i go <laughs> fuck i aha, there it is
0: you watch a lot of magic tricks on instagram
1: if i get caught i don't know how it happens right like all of a sudden it'll go from like how to make nails to milfs and then all of a sudden there's a magic thread that i'm on it's and i don't i don't a, it's that's just
0: yeah. a representation of what
1: you're looking at
0: online yeah, no, but dude. i know but like so you're looking at
1: milfs and and handy no, i'm just telling you you look at one milf and then it's like oh <laughs> no, here you go that's not true you have no, to look at a lot true. of milfs for nah, the milf to nah. end up on your explore page ryan I, I think you know me. I think you know that's not really my speed. So I don't, I don't know how it happened. But I was like, what is going on here? Like, this nurse is 100. The code that he broke, Jock Peterson,
0: some said, is that he shared the group text. He showed, because he literally showed people the group text. And at first, I, I didn't even notice it. But I guess that is like a little on the edge. And then like, you kind of, what happens in the group text, kind of supposed to stay in the group text?
1: What's the worst group text situation you've ever been in? There was a guy that thought he was side texting someone in the group text to talk about somebody else, and it went back to the group text. It's cardinal sin in a group text. Because he just was like, oh, Rasilla's such a fucking dick. And then I went, yeah, still here. (laughs) And I didn't, I kind of, there was already issues.
0: (laughs) We had, we ejected a guy from our group text for two years and just recently let him back in, dude. What'd he do? He was just incessantly uh, conspiratorial. Like that's like the number one rule, rule of Fight Club. I didn't. Yeah. You know, I'm not in this fucking group chat to read a three page text about you know we didn't land on the moon or something or that it, uh, some iteration of that. Like yeah, it's always was- one
1: guy too. There's never another guy on the thread that goes good stuff. Glad you brought this to our attention <laughs> because we have we have one thread where. I, we have side threads about the main thread where you go, to see <laughs> think a side we don't have thread? That's a code break, dude. No, there'll be a side thread individual. <laughs> side threads are usually like one to one or two to one oh, okay. where the thread is bigger. And yeah. then we'll look at the thread and there'll be the one guy and then a couple other guys will side thread and go, does he think we don't have internet?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, dude. But it is, depending on the size of the side thread, it can be a code break. Just once you to know that. I just want to put that out there for
1: you, Rye. I interviewed Peterson, by the way. So I saw him play in the minors and Bushman and I, it's when I threw out the first pitch at Sacramento and Peterson, I, yeah, he hadn't been on the other team. And then we saw him walk in or maybe it was a different game. I don't remember, but so I, you, I was.
0: You threw out a first pitch in front of Peterson.
1: Yeah. He's probably I a big fan. He's probably a big fan of yours. I don't think it registered. I don't think it registered. <laughs> I don't think guy. much. I don't think Jock is paying attention to much, but ball no. and his family. The best thing about the first pitch is Bushman's like, what are you gonna do? I'm like, I'm gonna throw it as hard as I possibly can. And you did. He's like, he's like, really? I go, yeah, fucking right. I'm gonna throw it. I'm like, what do you think? I'm gonna throw a pop up to you. And it was uh, it was like a little chin music, it was high tail up yeah. and in to a right hander. And the crowd actually was like, mm, it was a ball though. You would you do it?
0: So St. Louis Cardinals, you you heard of them? Yeah, they had me out there.
1: That's, a, that's a popular franchise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> out when I got the the invitation, I was like, this won't be a big deal, and then went out there, and damn, there were uh, if there weren't forty thousand people in that motherfucker, dude. Big arch, tall buildings. Is this right after you get drafted too? Yeah, cameras. They're like.
1: They're like, we got a Hall of Famer thrown at the first Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's like buying cryptocurrency. So, anyways, I got fucking, you know, terrible fit. You know, like terrible 3X white t-shirt, Rams, because you had to let people know that you played for the Rams. We weren't that big of a deal. Um, cargo shorts, Air Force Ones, backwards fitted. You know, like hair. It's a good out, look. Though. Right? You,
1: you, you were good at that though. When I when tried. you had the Iverson gear on for I the tried. parade, I was like, you know, Chris is good at it. He's good at the outfits. I you like yeah. outfits. I'm an outfit guy, dude. Yeah, I'm you definitely are an outfit outdoor guy. concert. You think he just showing up, he's oh, just grabbing no. stuff in the closet. No. no, it's been mapped. He's mapping that thing out like a seventh grader. A in, my old age, though.
0: in my old age, I'm a little bit more boring, but, but anyways, back in the day, you know, 08 was a tough time to get dressed. So I got dressed to go to the ball field go throw some bullpen right before the game the catcher says whatever you do time
1: out yeah time out why was 08 a tough time to get dressed
0: well 08 was a really ugly time period like like dressing wise you know okay all right keep going there's some bad clothes out there there were some bad options on the menu and i can only deal with what's on the menu dude you know
1: i agree go so i interrupted you're in the bullpen. No, but it's true
0: i'm in the bullpen you know um and I'm tossing bullpen, and in the in the um the the catchers like whatever you do, don't don't skip it, like that's a code, right? He's like that is a code, code of first pitches. Don't skip the thing. Gets broken all the time. So I say, all right, I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna go full wind up. I wound up little high, little outside. And uh, just missed a, a war veteran who was getting waited, who was waiting to get, uh, you know, uh, recognized after the first pitch. I mean, when I tell you this thing at probably 78 miles an hour, because I put everything into it, this guy, even at 82 years old, or whatever he was, probably heard the ball. And it hit off the brick backstop and rolled all the way to first fry. <laughs> and that was my, my time in St. Louis in a first pitch, dude. And so it was very
1: prophetic. Could have gone worse, Ry. Oh my God, I'm looking at your fit right now. That shirt, that Rams NFL shirt, has a huge NFL logo. That shirt looks like the kind of thing that you get on sale at the street or the store across the street from NFL headquarters. No question. But look how crispy white that thing is. Oh, that is crispy. Yeah, that's it's like, crispy. You yeah. look like uh, you look like one of the corner boys in the Wire. That thing's so crispy and white. <laughs>
0: Omar's coming. Anyways, I don't think Jock Peterson broke a code. Anyways, we've we've had a couple code breaks this week. Ryan texted me he wanted my top three code breakers. That's what I want. I wrote a couple down. Do you have any code breaks? No, I just want to hear yours. Holy shit, dude. Okay. That's a lot of pressure. This is in like 10 minutes. Don't sit next to me at the movie theaters, man. Uh, All timer. All timer. Please. Please, dude. Uh, sirens should be going off man like there's many seats I'm at the Northmen there's nobody at this movie the movie sucks okay yeah, well maybe you didn't get it but <laughs> I, I want athletic with Skarsgård bro
1: dude Skarsgård I worried like if Skarsgård his coaches is like you gotta move your feet <laughs> you gotta yeah, move dude. your feet yeah before. yeah yeah now listen <laughs> the guy looked amazing like, yeah, I, and, but I I have a problem with some of these guys because you know what? If I got down to 2.15 tomorrow, I'd be in a fucking Marvel movie. It might be digital, right? But if I wanted to just cut, 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 I could do it. But then they did this thing where it was almost a little all Jack bad. Reacher-ish all bad. where he had this hunch to him. Yeah. I'm worried about Chet's hunch. I think Skarsgård may hurt Chet Holmgren's strap <laughs> because the way Skarsgård, like I don't know who was like when you roll through the village and you're dismembering people, just have a hunched back, so you look like permanent shrug foot. Well, phase. also, I, I, much like... Not going on? Much, much, I'm emotional.
0: Much, no, but much like Chet Holmgren not playing in a great conference. Did you see some of those Vikings, Ryan? Where are they getting them? Bro, where are they getting some of these Vikings? That's Skarsgård. And then when I read after, and again, no shade, because I fucking loved him in Succession. I think this movie had a writing problem. Not, not, a, not actually, Nicole Kidman was great. Uh, joy- I like
1: Skarsgård in it. Yes. I just, I'm but, very, I'm, I'm just upset with me, you know some of the men's health links that'll say, listen to how Scarzgard, you know, Jack got Black Jack. got abs in 60 days. You're like, well, I have a guess at how that happened, and then, but Skarsgård is jacked up. I mean, he looks great in that fire scene. You know that that was Tarzan. You know good, your I didn't know he was Tarzan. Your abs? Yeah, your abs look so good in a fire. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yo, that's the thing about
0: standing next to a fire. It's kind of like a filter, especially if you're sweaty. So I just want to say, he's not actually that jacked. He was standing next to a fire. It's like, it's like Ludwig or something on Instagram. And then on top of that, um, the guy I read, because naturally I want to look like Guard. I was like, this is how I'll do it. Um, he started cutting at 200 pounds, dude. Like literally the bulking ended at like 200 pounds. So he was like, presumably 185 in that movie. So I was less uh, impressed. Wow. And then when you look at some of the Vikings that uh, that he was playing in the in the whack there, um. there was a
1: lot of transfer portal, like higher. They were high rankings on twenty four seven a couple of years prior in some of the Viking database. Yeah. And then they showed up to like a major program, and they're like, I just can't. I there's no minutes for me here. And then a lot of the Vikings from Northmen were transfer portal Vikings that were just hoping to get more shots. And they did yeah. because that village was pretty small. That was an easy road win. I also think Skarsgard scored,
0: his character scored low on the Lake. I'm not, i to be honest, there wasn't a lot of depth there with that Viking, dude. All he was all about was revenge. That was it, dude. He couldn't see anything else.
1: See, I like that. I like that part of it because he was single minded, focused. He didn't, you know, he wasn't worried about followers. You know, when you get a recruit, you're like, is this about the game or is this about social media? He wasn't like, worried
0: about babes. He had a babe in the ro- uh, rowboat.
1: All right. That would be one scene that I had some issues with. If you want to start talking. Oh, just one. Lick. Okay. Right. But if you're going, okay, Skarsgård's Guards lick is lower. How low are the rest of the guys in charge of that boat? A dude just swims and jumps on the <laughs> slave boat. I laughed so and,
0: hard, dude.
1: And nobody noticed. And within five minutes, the hottest
0: girl on the boat is into him. Yes, dude. And by the way, the guy's jacked like a Viking. Obviously, he just got done bulking, guys. He's no, in the Viking he camp. Self,
1: he, he self-tattooed him, so that
0: cleared it. Yeah, that self tattoo. That was like, yeah, it's like wearing sunglasses branding. or something. Branding. Excuse me, branding. Brand, branding. So, the one thing about Skarsgård is this, though. I think he's a Michael Phelps-level swimmer. Did you see some of the swimming that motherfucker was doing in that movie? Not to mention jumping off that boat a nautical mile from shore, dude. That
1: water's yeah. cold. Etc. I thought he was a great swimmer. I mean, that was the butterfly. You ever try to do that? Try to do five strokes of that, bro. Today. He was
0: out of the water. He was in right. and out of the water. I haven't seen anybody swim like that since Howie Long in Firestorm, who did his own stunts, fell on an action, like broke his ribs, dude. Yeah, this is like a dolphin with a flat top. Anyways, don't sit next to me at the movies. Code number one. By the way, Bajork was great. Who is Bajork? All of them? No, Bajork. I don't know. You keep making this joke in the group text, and I don't get it.
1: <laughs> what about Defoe? Do you have any edibles in you? I had many Defoe edibles scene? in me.
0: I had many edibles in me. Did the Defoe scene get to you a little bit, though? Well, no, edibles? it didn't get to me because it was it was cheaply. Uh, the cinematography was cheap. It was oh. yeah, it was like it, they they were all over the place. Oh, it, really, hammering. i was just hammering the movie, not the actors or the actresses. I think they were just. It was a bad scheme. This was a talented team that didn't have the right coaching or scheme. But at the end of the movie, when they both, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, by the fire, when, it, when they both died by yeah. the fire, uh, I started laughing and couldn't stop laughing. And they did a quick cut on of the lights. <laughs> and I'm crying. There are tears coming down my face. Did so, you go with Meg? No, I went with a couple buddies. We do a thing called Movie Club now. Um, because Meg started a book club, so this is like my answer to the book club. So I did. That's that. smart. Yeah. So all equal. Yeah. Exactly. Film. It's art. It's cinema. Spoiling the movie on a podcast is a major code break. By the way, I know. But Reed gave
1: me the "go ahead, do it" thing. So I think there was enough of a pause. But I do wonder who's in the car going. Oh shit! I haven't seen Northman yet.
0: Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> hit hey, pause. Hey. Fuck hit you pause.
1: guys. Fuck you guys. We started talking about it five minutes ago. I um, love when people get mad and we're like, you know, and are like, man, the Sopranos. Be like, uh, haven't seen it yet. That's the
0: fucking worst. <laughs> that is one of my biggest pet peeves. You'll tweet about the wire and someone will be like, spoiler alert, dude. I will never forget, though, spoiling the wire for Justin King. He's a corner uh, for the Rams. Came from Penn State. That's my dude. Shout out Justin King. But I told him how Omar died unintentionally. And this was like, oh, nine. So that was like, that was code break right there. So I apologize to Justin King. Another one, you probably know this one. Don't talk to me when I have my headphones on at the gym. Guess what I did? I stopped going to public gyms. Okay, another one. Don't face people on the elevator. Don't face me on the elevator. Don't make eye contact with, with me on the elevator. Just look straight ahead. All right? Another one. Return your grocery cart. If you don't return your grocery cart, I hope you fall down the stairs. If you sit courtside with a woman at, at an NBA game, don't be mad if one of the players has sex with her.
1: That's a good one. That's I had to I had to accept that numerous times. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Priscilla's got a has got a decent-looking girl with him. That's cool. Good seats." Next thing you know, Virgin Rondo <laughs>
0: When I have my blinker on and I'm waiting to pass somebody, I'm in the right lane here. Bear with me, listeners and Ryan. I'm in the right lane. I have my blinker on so that I can pass the slow individual in front of me. There's cars whizzing by in the left lane. So I'm waiting for them to pass to give me an alley to go. And the person behind me slingshots around me and cuts in line. Don't fucking do that. I don't know what to call that thing, but this is the first time I've ever tried to explain it to somebody. That's a code for me. Don't do slingshot. that. Slingshot. I think so, it works. Slingshot? Yeah. Yeah. You slingshot me. I'll run you down and do a gesture. You'll be afraid. And then, um, lastly, um, give me the opportunity to pet your dog, man. That's a code. If your dog is walking by me on the street, you are walking your dog. You are asking for it. You are asking for me to pet your dog. Don't be surprised if I squat down and want to pet your dog momentarily, I won't wear the moment out. That's a code for me.
1: I have one that I'll add to it, how people order their food at Chipotle, how they ask for their burrito to be made and whether they're over the glass pointer or they can just hang back, hang back. If you, if you're an over the glass pointer, I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to hear your advice on anything. I don't think you you should rub for, I don't think you should rub for public office. Uh, I don't think you should have kids. Yeah. Like if you, if you're like, guess what? The person behind the glass has made some fucking burritos in their lives. Mm-hmm. They know all the ingredients. They're the same ingredients. I mean, every now and then there'll be maybe a seasonal corn thing, yeah but you can, you can say lettuce and they're going to know the lettuce is not the pico de gallo. They know. So if you, if you say, Hey, I, I want promise lettuce, you and I want Pico, but I don't want cheese, they're going to fucking figure it out. They're going to know this already because they've made other burritos before your burrito. Yeah. If you have to get in there and point over the glass and say, oh, I want some of that. I want some of the Pico. And I don't no, None of that. None mm-hmm. of that. You're
0: an asshole. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You retweeted the Avs Red Wings E60. Why?
1: Uh, one of my favorite all time moments in sports, those series were absolutely incredible. And my buddy was on, uh, both those abs teams, which guy, Aaron Miller. He did not dress in the first series. He did in the second.
0: So these were really heated, huh? I mean, like they're you not, you got never, no idea. I, yeah, no, I was no, a kid. It's, you, it's, you didn't,
1: you, you didn't is, pick up on that stuff as a kid. Like you kind of did. Oh, they're fighting. No, I'm telling you, man, we like, we used to, I mean, that was back when I was still bartending. I was still in my college town. And we would, we would map the nights out around abs, red wings. And I had a really good hockey phase there where I loved it. I knew every player in the league, but I don't know the sport. I don't pretend to know the sport at all.
0: It sucks. The NBA and the the Stanley cup. It's like, you can't focus on hockey. You personally.
1: No, there were, I'll admit too. There were some blowout nights where on the second TV, I'd have a hockey game up. And then I would go, Hey dude, you might have to turn the hockey game off because you haven't watched the basketball game for 10 minutes. Exactly. And then I was, I was getting into the Kings thing here. Cause it's kind of fun. And then I'm, I'm obviously making fun of myself when I'll tweet out like, Oh, I feel terrible for my best friends. Cause I don't know anybody on the team now. I mean, I don't know. Well, like I hang we out. Had, with we have
0: one buddy greener. Yeah. He's
1: the best. I, I gotta, I gotta link you two guys up.
0: I love greener. Shout out to greener. Also the Chris Paul thing. You got to tell your story and I, I'll close the show with this. This is classic media 101 have Ryan on for an hour and 20 minutes, and, and then wait to do the, I'm warming him up for the Chris Paul thing. That's the, Ryan, joke's on you, I had you on just talking about Chris Paul. I didn't know how serious this was, like, because I don't consume NBA content. Like right now, I'm, I'm not listening to podcasts, like I hear whispers of, Ryan said Chris Paul was gonna win it all, and all this stuff, and man, like this is the most painful moment of Ryan's career, and all this stuff, but I think that's blown out of proportion. I think people are being hard on you. I think it's hard to tell who's going to win the whole thing. And I think Chris Paul is one of the best players of all time. I just think that whatever happened
1: this, this series, just speak for yourself, Ryan, T- talk to me, bro. This is a funny segue. Cause out of all the people, I've got so many texts after Chris Paul lost game seven greener sent me a text. He was like, Hey, what's going on with the, you and this Chris Paul thing.
0: Yeah, dude, that's kind of the reaction. And I've, I never, like, I know and I've never I, talked to him. I know you're a Chris Paul guy. Like, I know you love Chris Paul, but, how you became the center of the universe on the Chris Paul thing is pretty fucking funny. I don't know the answer. And then, um,
1: what's the story? Yeah. Just give me the story. Okay. The real quick notes or cliff notes on the, on the cliff Paul notes on the Chris Paul thing is I just loved him. I loved him. Uh, I loved him in college. I loved him immediately. I remember being on ESPN being like, I think he's already the best point guard in the NBA and people are like, are you nuts? And then it was kind of true. And then he had all these playoff exits where I'd say in half of them, the playoff exit was because he was hurt, which is another part of the thing that you have to bake into the full Chris Paul story. It's like, well, if he's the one who's still playing well, but then he's hurt, but then it turned into that he was just choke artist, And I just didn't believe that. I think that there are, it's very difficult for people to accept this, but I'm never going to give in on this. I think there are coaches that are amazing that don't win. And I think there are coaches that suck that do win. And I believe Chris Paul is the ultimate winner who helps you win basketball games that hasn't won a championship, which I know sounds like contradicts each other. And if you don't like Chris Paul, you're just not gonna agree with me and history is now going to be on your side. But I still think when you look at the fact that Chris Paul, every time he went to a franchise, they completely turned it around because of how special he is, how smart he is, how he controls the game and all these different things. And then, you know, he had the end of the, the Dallas series. And so as I've done these videos and I've talked about how awesome he is and all this shit, and then he loses it and this really good Phoenix team blows it to Dallas. You know, I don't, I can't win the argument. I'm not allowed to win the argument. So, uh, there you go. So this is the precursor to a story that I haven't told. I wasn't sure that I was going to tell it, but fuck it. We'll tell it. And I was going to save it probably at some point in the future for my podcast. Um, but I like you so much, Chris. You're I'll benevolent, you. dude, you're a benevolent, dude. All right. So not that long ago, let's say, uh, a friend, a very close friend, guy I've known almost 30 years and I've known his wife for I don't know, 15, they invite me, uh, they invite me over and they're like, we're going to go to dinner. And then they're like, we're going to bring this other, this other couple. And I knew the, the wife of the other couple, I'd never met the guy before and get out going to the restaurant and you know, everybody says, hi, it's great catching up. And one of the guys goes, Hey, what do you think about, uh, the Celtics line tonight? Sounds familiar. Right. And, (laughs) It was the game three turnover game is yeah. when they turned it over a million times. And so I go, Look, I think Boston's better, which is what I said <laughs> the entire time. I go, I think Boston's better. It's a lot of points. Rob Williams not being out moved the line. I think two points in Miami's favor. But, you know, I just can't get past the fact. And I, I, I've been doing this long enough going like, there's a really good chance I'm going to be wrong. It's fucking sports. It's why yeah. we watch, but I go, I think Boston's a better basketball team and it's hard for me to look at a number and move off of that. And everybody's like, Oh, and the guy I just met goes, Hey, don't you think after that whole Chris Paul thing, your credibility is pretty much ruined. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, like the inner part of me, not that many people know how the inner part of me works, but I was like, uh, uh, like, <laughs> what like and i kind of do like a chuckle like <laughs> uh. <laughs> meanwhile i haven't known this guy 120 seconds
0: don't you feel like you're supposed to and in those moments don't you feel like you're supposed to have a canned response and you're like fuck, i can't get to
1: it quick enough have you I, been, didn't say, did I didn't want to say i didn't want to think about what you should have said i didn't because i wasn't going to say what i wanted to say what'd you want to say i want I mean, to give you fuck you <laughs> that'll do it. Right. So I was like, okay, you know, little, little swipe, little swipe from the new guy. And, uh, so then it's 29 to 10 Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. so, you know, we're, we're 20 minutes into the dinner. And from the, that point on, it have been mostly just casual chit chat. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I live out in Manhattan Beach. Yeah, what's up? I get a boat. Hey, how's it doing? Things mm-hmm. are well. Things are going well. Mm-hmm. And so it's twenty nine ten, and he goes, "Huh." He's like, "I faded you." <laughs> and we, I go, "What?" He goes, "I'm glad I asked you about the Celtics Miami line because I faded you." I had heard that part. I go now, I'm, now I'm pissed. Oh! So I go, I go, wait, I go, I just met you. I go and you immediately made a joke about the sun's thing, which I got, you know, whatever. Hey, breaking the ice. I go, then you asked me what I thought of the Celtics line and then you called in the bet and went, well, no matter what I did, you were going to go the other way. Is that what you're just telling me you just did <laughs> within 20 minutes of meeting each other. And then you told me that you did it to like prove some point. He's like, "Yep." Yeah. And I went okay. Like he thought it was awesome. Like he thought, like, "Hey, I'm having I'm having a blast here. I got two. I'm two zero in, in the series <laughs> against this Vasillo cat." And so I just was like, "Hey, man!" And this is the weird part of the dinner is that the wives and the other my college roommate was like the three of them were still talking, so they didn't see what was about to go down. And I was just seething. And I just went like, "Hey, I just fucking met you. You don't know me. I'm like this is like sitting next to Twitter." at the dinner table i go that's what you are right now i'm like you're just a live version of every fucking guy who's got something to say and then thinks like oh cool the guy that does this for a living was wrong and i was right and then you can have some like little little win like what what is that i'm like i don't fucking know you you don't know me like i just fucking met you i'm like don't do shit like that i think that was this that that was pretty much the, the summary of what i did And then it was just incredibly tense. The rest of the dinner and the other people, the other people didn't know what was going on. So they never noticed the tension. They just thought I was super into the game. Cause then all I did was watch the game, game, right. To avoid the game straight ahead. And I had like one drink. So it wasn't like we were all drunk and having like a fun dinner wild. I just was like straight ahead. I'm not engaging. And the funny part that made it awkward even beyond this was that as the dinners wrapping up, I wanted to see the town. I wanted to see the town a little bit. I was like, is there a little divey place we can go and watch the second half? Even though I knew I had to watch the game over again in the morning right. anyway, but I just wanted to see this, my friend's town. Cause I'd never yeah. been in to this town before. And, um, the wives were like, yeah, you guys, you three guys should go. No. And the guy's like, no, you know, we could probably <laughs> call it a night. Yeah. And my friend's like, no, what are you talking about? He's like the three amigos. Like, let's do this. Let's go hit up. Let's go hit up this place. Let's give it. And he's like, ah, you know, I, I got a little tired because he didn't want to go because he knew I didn't want him to go. Yeah. So and after you said that, he got the picture. He figured it out. I totally got where he's coming from, but he no one gets where I'm coming from. Dog, that's so, a
0: joke. I'm supposed to tell you. Like, I'm your yeah. friend. We don't know each other. That's the problem. You're not a sensitive person. No one, like, I bust your balls, like, you know, there's plenty of, but for somebody you don't know to walk in, it's the person that doesn't know, like, that you're a real human being too. I hate to get all macro, but that's that's that kind of guy. And then doesn't take the first hint where you're, like, awkward as fuck after he, he does the Chris Paul thing, and then the second thing, he finally gets it, but you have to be such an asshole for this person to get it. I know
1: that guy. And what he doesn't understand, to be fair to him, is that I part of my point was like, I have to deal with you with every thought I have every day of my life. Like anytime I have a thought, there's a guy, every restaurant I go to, every bar I go to, anything I ever do, there's always one guy that wants to prove that like deep down, I don't know anything about anything. And it's every day of my life. And it's not that bad. You know, I could have it a lot worse. I have a good life and I'm not that sensitive about it. But in that moment, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I just, and so he's going like, I don't know. Nah. He's like, maybe I'll just drop those guys off. And then <laughs> and so it, good, I'm, I'm just watching it happen. I'm also
0: so proud Where's of it? you though, for fucking being direct and making it super uncomfortable. Cause that's the way to go. I love to make it uncomfortable. That's the way to go. You have to.
1: Well, I, there was no way I wasn't going to say anything because it was, it was such a like, yeah, I faded you and glad I did. Oh, he did and that I with was his just, head too. Back Yeah, back it, was, it was a bit of a like, and so anyway, let's get to the good part. The good part, the reconciliation being adults, um, to his credit. Cause then my buddy's like, Hey, take shotgun. And I'm like, I don't want to take shotgun in this guy's car. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to, I don't, I like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to sit You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to break the code. I'm going to sit in the backseat. Treat him like a new And friend. then, um, the guy actually came over. He goes, I totally didn't get it. He's like, now I understand what you mean. He's like, I want to apologize. And he's like, so if we all go to the next place, he's like, I promise I will never do anything like that. And I go, we're good, man. Handshake pat in the back, went to the next place, had a couple of course lights, told some stories, bullshit, oh, that's great. Had a great time. And it was fine. You so guys had was, a Jalen
0: and Juwan hug. Yeah, I just was like, eighteen hey. pats on the back. I think it was
1: younger me. Younger me would have let it just keep going and going and going, but I was like, no, I want to. But I also wanted to have fun with my friend who I get to see once, maybe twice a year. You know, so Dude, I did want to ruin that part of it too.
0: It's funny though, because you're always like, that person would never say it to my face, and then when they do, you're like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> It's kind of a paradox there, but for people at home, like maybe we don't want to talk about podcasting at the dinner table if we've never met. But that's cool. You guys are best friends now. That's awesome. I love that. Very close. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh,
1: and I do I do think he was a good guy. So I don't Well, that's good. You
0: know. Yeah, people have bad moments. But. You know? You gotta judge Chris Paul based on his whole career, not just the ends of these playoff series. And it's the same thing with that guy. Turn around the thunder. That's bigger than any title. <laughs> All right. Hey, Ryan Russillo, uh the best friend anybody could have, talking to him for 90 minutes on Memorial Day. Thank you very much.
1: No problem, man. It was a blast. Hey.